You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Day, Mike. Hello, happy Valentine's Day. We're recording this um, unusually for us on a Sunday. Yes, we decided, you know, the, I guess Monday's family day. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll record a day earlier on Valentine's Day. Yeah. So uh, good news for these upcoming special days. The screening room is back open. Very exciting news. Like, yeah. fan, like just I, I'm so pumped. Um, I mean, I'm the type of person who might want to wait a, a couple weeks like I did last time, but, uh, if, so long as cases don't, uh, rise real fast in the community, I'm, I'm heading to the screening room. I also will probably wait just a couple weeks. You know, you want to see how things yeah. are, <laughs> how things are playing out. It's not, it's yeah. nothing against the screening room because they have the utmost safety measures in place. It's more so I want to see what the trends are. <laughs> in town yeah yeah it's i i 100% agree with you it's it, it's the screening room i trust them i trust that they're going to do the right things but let's just see how the town goes and i think waiting a couple weeks is the smart thing to do let things settle let things reopen see kind of what happens and then you know go go head to the theater you know put a mask on socially distance in the seats sounds like a good time yeah i should i it's not i trust the screening room. I just don't necessarily trust my fellow people. Community (laughs) members, yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. That might be a controversial controversial statement. But um, yeah, just humans. There's too many variables. So we'll see uh, what happens. You just don't know. You just don't know where people have been. And sometimes, to to, to people's credits, to humans' credits, sometimes we don't know. We don't know who we've yeah. been exposed to. You just don't know. So I think caution's always good. But regardless of that, it's really great news. This is screening. Oh, so back. happy. I'm really excited to head back and see some movies. We'll see if we can review a couple things um, once in a couple of weeks once we head back there. It's it's exciting. It, it, things are starting to happen again. And, and I, I feel I feel energized. Hopeful. Yeah. Hopeful for the first time in a long time. I'm really hoping I'd love to see Promising Young Woman in theater. Yeah, I I wonder, you know, looking at kind of what the next couple of weeks is going to have, because the the um, the Oscar nominations are due out in a couple of weeks because they pushed everything back. So early March, the nominations will be released. So I'm just wondering how many of those will end up be going to the screening room? Most usually do. So that might be our best bet to see all these Oscar nomination uh, movies is, is through the screening room. So yeah, Promising Young Woman, like that, that sounds good. I'm, I'm really interested in The Truffle Hunters, which is another one that I think they're getting, but it's another one I've heard a lot about. So we'll have some catch up to do. Oh, we will. And we'll be at the screening room. It's going to be great. Um, you know, not that we don't love this movie club and we're going to keep doing it whenever we want. You know, it's the type of thing that you can kind of do every couple of weeks and then take a break from it and then come back to it. Like it's kind of it's it's always going to be interesting because you just don't know what's coming out of that hat. So people should continue putting movies in the hat. Yeah, like I think I think this can be an open ended thing. 
I've still got it up on the website. So, so anyone can go to screeningandkingston.com or you can just email us at screeningandkingston at gmail.com. If you have a suggestion for a movie that you'd like us to review or might be good to throw in the hat, we'll take suggestions. I say all the time, yeah. we'll just keep coming back to this hat. Like, you know, we're, we're going to take a break from the movie club next week. Next week, we've got some some special guests coming on, so uh, we won't be doing a, a reveal at the end of this show. We won't be doing a draw, but but you know the one after we probably will. So keep adding to the hat. I mean, there's lots in here. Add more. The That's less great. Tyler Vance films we get out of there, the better. The better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I feel about it. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe we should be careful though, because who put who put. Holmes and Watson in this week. That oh, was a... you know that's a good that's a good question. Uh, I should actually while while we're chatting, I'll I'll quickly look that up um, we because we might get of, less we might get less Tyler Vance's and more Holmes and Watson's. Wh- whoever this was, yeah, because Holmes and <laughs> wow, what a pull! Uh, especially pairing with like this week is very really interesting. Um, this oh okay, this was Owen. I'm not too sure if Owen has written in before, but Owen was the one who put in Holmes and Watson and Kathy, we get a third movie from Kathy put in, uh, the cane mutiny. Okay. So that's, that's who's this week. I mean, I, again, I'm not sure Owen, if you've written in before, uh, you did submit more than one movie though. So Holmes and Watson wasn't the only one he submitted. Some of them are, I mean, much different, but I don't know. I think the Holmes and Watson pick was a little bit of a, uh yeah let's see what you guys have to say about this one <laughs> and did like he, what a... <laughs> did he say why he submitted it like is he a no. fan he uh he just wrote he just wrote a list his was i've got his email right here it's just a list of movies didn't uh didn't ex- explain at all okay i would just um i mean we'll get into it during the episode but i i'm always curious like when we had to review that young adult movie what was it to the stars oh yes um, yeah. and they said like their comment was like they did it on purpose to like torture us. So yes. I just I'm curious. I don't want to. We'll get into it. I don't think okay. I'm going to be as as like a spoiler to the show, the episode today. I don't think I'm going to be as hard on it as you are. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I, I thought you were going to come on ready to just destroy this movie. No. So I'm really interested to see what you have to say about yeah. it. <laughs> because I the minute I actually watched both of these movies, I thought. I have a sense of what Taylor might say, but uh, now it's, it sounds like I'm already partially wrong. So I'm always, we'll I'm, <laughs> I would say I'm a creature of habit, but sometimes you can't predict what I'll like. That's true. That's very true. That's, that's, uh, I, I think that you never know, especially with comedy though. Don't you find that's even more like you just never know, like someone might find something funny that you don't expect. I do. I would say that of all genres, I feel like comedy has like the most margin for like comedy stylings vary so greatly that like comedy tastes also vary so greatly but knowing that I'm a Will Ferrell fan Mm -hmm. you should have thought maybe that I was gonna I don't know well, I, it's just I'm a Will Ferrell fan too, and I thought this and movie was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. I guess I, I know you were trying to. You were doing a great job of teasing until we yes. like get more into the episode. I'm. I was just going to come out and say it and have a conversation. But like, like I I thought this movie was terrible, and I'm a huge Will Ferrell fan. Um, but so that's. I just thought you you would be more on my side. But it sounds like you're you're not as harsh on this movie. No, probably. You know how we talked about Howie Halloween. Or whatever mm. that movie was called. Yeah. I feel like the, yeah. 
was that movie good? No. Did I <laughs> did I have fun watching it? Yes. I, I think <laughs> I find it so. I mean, I'll get into it more when we actually yeah, get, do sure. the movie reviews. But I would say that you know, I don't think it's. I'll just say I don't think it's the worst movie ever made, and that's like some of the reviews that. Oh, okay. Listen, I will agree with you on that one. I I don't think this movie was good. I didn't enjoy watching it, but it's not the worst movie of all time. Like it was dread. It's. I don't think I saw one single positive review of it. Oh, no. That, I, I don't think there's a single positive review out there. Maybe potentially until today. Yes. Um, but I I will say this movie still made me laugh at times. Yeah. There were still moments where I found it funny. So so I, I will agree with you on that one. I just didn't particularly enjoy the movie. But I don't think it's the worst movie of all time. This is not as bad as a, sim, a simple favor a simple or whatever that is. So I was about to say a simple plan, but I think that's a... That's a band. Music. That's a Canadian okay, band. Yeah. Oh, Canadian. Oh, there you go. Yeah, no, A Simple Favor is worse. And Ghostbusters, the the, the 2016 one, is worse than this movie. Oh, okay. I wouldn't go so that far, but that we'll save that conversation what? for another day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, what? No, 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 no. Shots. Whoa, whoa. I think I saw... You thought Ghostbusters 2016 was, was better than Holmes and Watson? Yes. Oh, yes. we got to have an episode just about this. I'll have to rewatch it, but yes, I yes. I oh remember no, Taylor, enjoying... you don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> you and I are doing this. We are both rewatching Holmes and Watson and the Ghostbusters one week together. Whenever next time we don't have a plan, we got to do that. Okay, All right. I got I got to hear your thoughts on these. We'll films circle. Fresh. We'll circle yes. back to that. Yes, I I need to hold you to that. I need to hear your thoughts on this. That's amazing. <laughs> and uh, before we spiral, like too far into the movie reviews today remember to save some time for our army hammer cannibal man update will do absolutely uh i will save some time and hey guess what you know what i got a little extra time to edit this one i'll put together a little opening Ooh, little, little time splice this is 10 minutes into the show i'm i'm telling you that, that i'll come through fans tyler <laughs> vance who says i don't edit things when i say it's 10 minute mark of this show by the time we finish it, uh, we Taylor and I won't hear it today, but it, it'll be by the time I edit the show, we'll have a little opening segment for it. You've heard it here, folks. There will be a Cannibal Man opening. <laughs> Something. <laughs> so I don't know. I, now I'm putting pressure on myself, but I'll figure it out. I got time. I've got nothing going on tonight. I'll do that. <laughs> it's um, only Valentine's Day. It's only Valentine's Day. I've got the time. <laughs> it'll be fine. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's dive into some fan questions. Cool. Um, we, did, we did get some, which I'm shocked at. Um, I woke up this morning rem- rem- remembering that we were going to record early. And thought, oh no, our fans don't know that. Um, but <laughs> they were true. all they were all ahead of the game <laughs> because I got a bunch of emails here. So let's do it. Let's. They must let's have dive sensed it. it. They must have. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, they're family taking, day. Yeah, family day. <laughs> Is family day like bigger than I think it is? Because I I think a family day that like not everyone has it off anyway. Like it's just kind of like I think if in you there. have kids. Oh, okay. Because like you know the kids have it off school, so like it's an opportunity to like do something with the kids. I think, I think that's the case. I mean, neither of us have kids. We have partners, but like, whatever, we see them all the time anyways. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, we don't need an extra yeah, day. We're fine. We're fine. Yeah. We're fine. We're all good. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so let's uh, let's hear some fan questions here before we um, before we dive into the movie club portion because uh, we do have a couple fan questions that were just regular. So Josh uh, wrote in as usual. He says, "Oh hey, uh, in honor of last week's enemy, what is your favorite Canadian-made movie?" Okay, Josh the Inquisitor. Favorite Canadian-made movie. I'm also reading these off the cusp. I've done no prep, so I'm reading all these emails and finding out them uh, as we in go. real time. In real time. Uh, so, yeah, favorite Canadian uh, films. Um, that's that's tough. I've seen a lot of Canadian films that I haven't liked, to be, to be honest. I know. And it's also hard to know. Like, I'm trying What's to. It's going to be a classic Taylor, like, Google list of Canadian films. Did you ever see, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Maybe I'll search it now as we're talking. But um, do you remember the film where uh, Joshua Jackson plays a guy who I believe is dying of cancer or something like that. And he, he gets on his motorcycle and does a cross country trip in Canada. No, but that movie sounds familiar. Yeah. That was very, very good. I I saw that once. I think I just streamed it um, um, from home one day and, and it was actually like quite good. Not, not only, you know, was I thought like it was well-written. I thought the way they like shot it across Canada and saw him like interact with different parts of Canada and like however things are like a little bit different in different areas. I thought that was kind of cool. So that would be your favorite? Well, that that one and Men with Brooms are the two that like pop into That's my head. That's a classic, Men with Brooms. Yeah, uh, brooms. of like, n- like Canadian films that surprised me. I heard it was Canadian and went, oh, really? And then saw it and went, wow. Like they really like, dug into it um and then a film i saw last year that that i reviewed for here the grizzlies um which was yeah. at the kingston canadian film festival last year that was that was quite well done i thought um another canadian film um so yeah th- those three pop into my head right off the bat i like goon goon yeah goon's a good one. Oh, i think the movie you're talking about with joshua jackson is called one week one week that's yeah. on the list do you like scott pilgrim versus the world Oh yeah, that, that's Canadian. Um, well, it's definitely it's coming up on my ca- Canadian films list. It's shot in Toronto, stars a Canadian, is based on a Canadian graphic novel. So I feel like that makes it a can a Canadian movie. Yeah, that that would be enough to like classify it, it. I guess yeah. Like I think it like ticks the some of those boxes. Again, we've talked about this has come up before. Um, when we've talked about Canadian film, what constitutes a Canadian film? Like how many yeah. of those boxes, like technically the enemy is considered a Canadian film, right? Even though, well, well the yeah, director Canadian was Canadian. director yeah. takes place in takes place Canada, in Canada, shot in Canada. Canada. So, you know, um, I obviously don't watch a lot of Canadian film because I'm really struggling. And even looking at that list I looked at, um, I'm like, oh, I have not seen a lot of these movies. I'm going to go with the tried and true classic, the Anna Green Gables from the 80s. Okay. The made for TV <laughs> Anna Green Gables. Um, I think there's there are been like, so many of those. There's I don't know three. One... It's a trilogy. It's not that many. No, there's been so many renditions of Anna Green Gables. Well, I'm specifically talking about, I think they're the, like, the Sutherland adaptations. Um, oh, okay. And I, didn't, I don't know if I've seen it. What? They always show like around Christmas time on the CBC. Hmm. And I mean, probably, maybe I have. They're like, they're normally shown like an hour long slots. Like you don't actually normally see the whole 
there's three of them and you don't normally see like the whole movie at once. Like the CBC will like show an hour and then Oh, I see. It's <laughs> Chop like, it up a bit. <laughs> it's by the same producer who did like Road to Avonlea. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, Road to Avonlea. Yeah. I uh I remember watching Sullivan. that. And wind, wind at my back was another series that uh, Emily of that New Moon. Think... Yep. Yeah, I remember watching those shows. Yeah. So I think all of those are good. And they actually are good Canadian productions. I agree. I agree. Th- those those TV series, all of them are fantastic. Yeah, I, I would completely agree. I, I think there's been some great Canadian television. Like, I think uh, by way of Canadian television and television shows that are 100% shot in Canada, like, there's a lot of great Canadian stuff that does come out of there. So I, th- I think it does well and not great. only and does well abroad. Yeah. Like our 100%. TV probably does better in international markets than it does at home. Yeah, I agree. I, I 100% agree. But again, sometimes you don't know things are Canadian, right? Like the movies you were listing, some of them I didn't even realize were Canadian and they're all good. Like, or I, like I forgot about Goon, but Scott Pilgrim didn't know it had any Canadian connections other than the fact that, you know, it was set in, in Toronto. I didn't know any like of the other things. So like, that's, that's fantastic. Like they're, they're all, those are good movies. Those are good TV series. Those are great picks. Cool. Uh, next question comes from Carla, who says, uh, hi, screening in Kingston. Um, I'm just wondering with movie theaters starting to open, I know it is in my community and I believe so in Kingston as well. Um, do you think that you're going to have certain movies you'd rather wait to see on the big screen or will you just continue to see things as they come out. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on certain movies being seen on the small screen, so to speak, versus the big screen. So that is from Carla. I think I mentioned at the top of the show, I would, for whatever reason, want to have the chance to see Promising Young Woman in theaters as opposed to seeing it at home. Like I know yeah. Nicole, who's been on the show, she couldn't wait any longer. Um, I think she maybe VOD'd it. I don't know. I don't know how Nicole accessed it. But if, but she was like, I can't wait any longer. Yeah. I'm watching it. Whereas like now that things are opening up, I'm less inclined to kind of like rush to see it. Because I think that would be a good movie theater movie. Um, yeah. To be honest, Dan and I went to go get popcorn over the weekend at the Cineplex. Um, that's near our house. We didn't see a movie, but we just bopped in for some popcorn. Um and as we were leaving, Dan went out like, oh, what movies are coming out? Like, what are you planning on seeing soon? And I was like, I don't even know what's coming to the theaters. I'm so behind <laughs> now in terms of releases. And honestly, Mike, you've always been the one on the show who's more had your finger on the pulse when it comes to releases. But like over this past year, like so many things have been delayed, not only pushback months, but now years. Like we're looking at 2022 release dates for a lot of things. I don't even know what's coming to theaters. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I'm also in the same boat as you. <laughs> We're like, nor- and I agree, normally I'm there, especially for the show. I'm like, okay, this is what's coming out next week. This is what's coming out this week. Like, But this time, I'm like, I don't even know when the next big new release is because things keep getting pushed back. So I don't even know like when's what Rob new Pattinson's is coming out. Batman coming out. Not for another year, I don't think. Yeah, like, like I think they pushed it back a whole another year. That's what I I <laughs> and, think the yeah. movies that I was planning on seeing were like eventually pushed back to 2022. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, but but I mean, you know, I 100 percent agree with what you're saying of like there are some things you just want to see on the big screen for whatever reason. And I think I feel the same way you do. It's just, yeah, we're in kind of the unfortunate thing of like, first of all, we don't know what's coming out. We don't really know kind of what to anticipate and when things will be pushed. We also don't know what the world's going to look like. For all we know, the opening goes up out very well and things start to kind of clean up all over the place and then movies will start to to release in big like it all depends upon what's happening in the states because that's the biggest market first so that's going to be what what determines even what happens here um but i I mean i agree with you there are some movies that the screening room's getting that i'm like i gotta go see it at the screening room i don't want to stream this i want to go out and have a movie going experience i'm like that with a lot of films and if anything this whole staying at home process has kind of taught me that (laughs) that there are some things i'd rather and would enjoy more in the theater you could only stream. I'm getting like streaming fatigue. <laughs> well, and it's also like, to be fair, when we see a bad movie, sometimes I find it harder to sit through at home. Like, I, I yeah, like, there wouldn't, are movies. Wouldn't you have, do you think you would have responded better to Holmes and Watson if you were, if you saw it in theaters in the summertime with a bunch of your yes. buddies? Yes, because the stupid laughter that would have come out of Friends would have would have made it yeah. even better would have elevated that movie when i'm sitting at home watching it i found there's one scene i laughed taylor i had to pause the movie i was laughing so hard at one scene but that was kind of my only experience you would have got more watching. of that with your buddies yes exactly i because they would have thought it was ridiculous so i just think there are certain types of movies where the theater going experience i miss so much it would elevate the movie and even when i see a bad movie i can sit through it like there are movies we've watched taylor over the past couple of weeks that have been harder for me to sit through than her smell was but that's because i went to 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 the screening room and i had my popcorn and i was in the atmosphere and it and it felt like more of a movie watching experience it was a it was a, a to do it was an outing yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, but, but thank you, um, um, Carla. I think you're, you're a first time uh, emailer yeah. actually. Um, so thank you for that. And that was a very good question. It, uh, it's a great debate actually as to, to movie versus at home. What's even going to happen with movies being released in the future? We don't know. So it's a, it's a good debate. Um, okay. So those are, those are the two fan questions not related to um, our movie club. So that means we can dive into the Kane mutiny and uh, Holmes and Watson. <laughs> Talk about our two movies. These were very different. <laughs> I, I don't think we've yet, I think we've yet to have, this More is the different. most difference. Yeah. Like the, I don't think we've ever had anything that's as far apart as these two movies. And the more I was thinking about it, and Taylor, you you, you can tell me what you think about this because you like the movie a little bit better. I kind of got a little bit like antsy about this because the Kane Mutiny has some flaws, but like watching that movie, it was a, it was an Oscar nominated movie. It's it, it was filmed in the 50s. To me, I would take that and be like, okay, this is ex- an example of filmmaking in the 50s. Yeah. But then for Holmes and Watson, I'm like, I don't want that to be the example of filmmaking in the 2010s. And it like, won't I don't want be. People... It won't be. Good. Because I don't, <laughs> that's all I was thinking about. Both of the both movies. I was like, how these two movies couldn't be more different in every aspect, even in the way they're like perceived. Like, it's just, I couldn't. Like in it. 70 years from now, say, or whatever, <laughs> yeah. 50. 50 years from now, when like yeah. whatever the equivalent of a podcast is, because I don't know yes. if podcasts will still exist, but like Yeah, a brain probe yeah, or whatever. 50 <laughs> years from now when the brain probe for movie history 
is being talked about, I don't think Holmes and Watson will necessarily not. Like all I was thinking, like, what if we showed this an alien and to an alien, it's like, okay, here's the K mutiny from 1954, and then here's what filmmaking was like in 2018, and it's like. <laughs> well, and, and it's John C. Riley shooting the bees, which made me laugh. So that was the scene, Taylor. So it was in the trailer too. So you think I would expect it, but it was so much funnier in the movie. So for the fans who who didn't watch or whatever, there's a scene where they, they've got these like what are killer they bees. African killer bees? Yeah, yeah. It, it trapped in this thing, and they knock it over. And John C. Riley, who plays Watson, pulls out his pistols and starts shooting the bees in the air, but they're bees. Like it's not gonna work, and I laughed so like I fell on the floor. I was I I I love situational comedy like that. It made me laugh so hard. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you had a good time. For all we know, aliens might like something like this. We don't know That's what true. alien <laughs> sense of humor Maybe. is like. Um, I did see, but to make you feel better, Mike, I did. Eat, one of the reviews I saw was like. This movie felt dated, like even though it came out in 2018, it felt like yeah. it was like a comedy from like the 90s. It didn't like yeah. cite a specific year. So I really don't think this is represented representative of like current cinema. I don't even think it's representative of movies being made in 2018 because yeah. that was one of the critiques of the movie was that like, ooh, like it, it like was relying on some old comedy tropes that we mm-hmm. like don't do anymore. Um yeah, so, it seemed yeah. it seemed a little bit off base to me from what Will Ferrell movies have been doing. Like even even the the Eurovision one, um, which was like a very silly movie, and I would I would describe Holmes and Watson as a very silly movie. Oh, but yeah, I just didn't. Some of the humor just didn't work for me. Like it just didn't land in Holmes and Watson. Like I'm I'm telling you, probably my favorite scene there, and it made me laugh a lot. I probably like chuckled or smirked a few more times, but I just found that it just seemed, yeah, to rely on old tropes. It seemed like this was a new movie. Like it seemed like a movie that that kind of came out video on demand or like yeah. straight to video in the '90s. You know what I mean? I understand what they were trying to do. Like it definitely felt. A little bit like Blazing Saddles or like a very like, I think they were trying to do a Mel Brooks spoof (laughs) of Sherlock Holmes. Um, And I think when they like did that well, those were the funny parts of the movie. Um, Just unfortunately, like the execution was really bad. And um, I, I will say that I had fun watching it. I don't think it was a good movie per se. (laughs) Um, I think there were some really funny parts that like really, like really did make me laugh. Um, uh, Like, but it definitely was like the more immature humor, but like, I think I've said on the show before, I essentially have the sense of humor of a 15 year old boy. Um, (laughs) That's what the, but that's the type of humor you like. You like this type of So like, I liked, I liked like, the super zany, like stupid, like sometimes it's stupid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but there were things that definitely felt like, oh my gosh, like what? Like, like just like, <laughs> mi- like swings and misses. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. fact that like Sherlock Holmes's love interest is like described like alternatively as a feral cat, but also having like the mental capacity of a four-year-old like that's creepy that like Sherlock Holmes was pursuing even though it's revealed at the end like oh it was like 
a gimmick. She didn't actually have the, you know what mm, I mean? But yeah, it was still yeah. creepy. But it was creepy and it was, yeah, like, it was, it, it was unsettling. Yeah. All they would have said was like, oh, she has the personality of a feral cat. You know what I mean? But but they're like, but also she has like the mental capacities of, of a four-year-old. Ew. Like it yeah. was enough just to say that she was like a feral, you know, she was raised by a colony of cats. That's funny. You know what yeah. I mean? So I think, yeah, yeah, there was just some things where the, you know, they were like, they were like throwing out a lot of things and seeing what would stick to the wall and some things maybe stuck and other things didn't. It did seem a little bit like a writer's room. Where it yeah. was like people are just throwing out ideas and a couple different voices are kind of in this script. Because, yeah, some of the humor worked and some of it just didn't land for me. I was just like, this is just not funny. Like, it's a comedy and, and you got to kind of keep the pace up and you've got to keep the jokes coming. And it's just like it, it it's as if they they didn't do what Ghostbusters does, which is land on a joke and stick with it for 25 minutes. Like where they're like, we're going to hammer this joke. That's not funny. And we're just going to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And it's like, it's not working. They at least move forward, but like all, like the little gimmicks and bits that they did, some of them landed and some of them just didn't. Like some of them, I was like, Oh, okay. That's kind of funny. Love, and some of the times like, Ugh. like Sherlock Holmes trying on all the different hats, like stuff like that. No. I thought was funny. Like I thought it was <laughs> no. funny. I was like, <laughs> I didn't like that and I didn't like the selfie stuff and I didn't like, you know, I didn't like the stuff with the queen. Um, I li- like once the adventure kind of got going, I was like a little on board for it. But I don't know. I guess I guess I'm just part of my problem with this movie was I just seen examples of this done better. Yeah. Um, even even for Sherlock Holmes, Enola Holmes is a better comedy and adventure than than this is. And it's made for kids essentially and it's like a streaming netflix yeah thing. It, it's a better it's a better comedy even even as this movie and that that was part of the problems like that like things were just like uh, i'm just not i'm just not in as into it um i think i also am a little bit biased because as i said i i really i like will ferrell's comedy and i like when he's paired with john c Riley. yeah and that's a good pairing yeah i have a soft spot when two actors are together and who I don't know if in real life they're friends but like because they're paired so often and they do so well it just seems like they're having fun you know what I mean like like I felt like they were having fun like they did commit um which I liked and it's same with with the um oh that Howie Halloween or whatever the name of that movie is like you can just tell that when Ad, even when Adam Sandler's at his worst, he still it still looks like the cast is having fun. And I guess that like I don't know that like has a soft spot for me because wouldn't it be great if you were afforded the opportunity just to like goof around with your friends? Oh, for sure. And and I will say that that as a concept, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley in a comedy about Sherlock Holmes is I'm on board. Yeah, it's a great like, setup. It's a great setup, but I just think that I don't even think they, I even think they were, they were cast in the proper roles. Like, I think that, that him being Sherlock and, and, uh, John C. Riley being, uh, Watson works for me. It's just, uh, the script wasn't good enough. The, the, the execution wasn't good enough. The, they, they could do so much better. Like this could have been another Step Brothers, but, but as Sherlock Holmes, like it, it could have been something that I think was a lot funnier and it just, it just missed. And I'm not, I'm not even hundred percent sure why. Like I can't. But that's the problem. That's like, the problem with comedies, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Again, 
kind of to my original points, comedy is so subjective. They're like, it's in a right. magical, there isn't a magic formula, in my opinion, at least. I'm sure. No, like, I agree with you. I don't think there's a magic formula that like, and that's why sometimes comedies are great and knock it out of the park. And then there's other times where it's just like a dud. You know what I mean? Yep. And like You're what, 100% right. what one person finds funny, another person might not. And that's probably like, it was Owen. Who, who put this in the hat? Owen? Uh, uh, was this Owen? Yes. Yeah. Owen may very well think this movie's hilarious. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and like, it's so hard. It's so hard to say like, um, why and it's hard to describe why you think something is funny right like yep yeah and i honestly taylor like i couldn't i couldn't agree with you more i'm really on board with what you're saying because i think that that's that in the essence is what makes reviewing comedy so tough because and and you being a huge will ferrell fan could see another one of his movies and not like it as much as say i do and and just it just be the random draw of it and it wasn't funny yeah Uh, okay what would you give holmes and watson for me, this is an airplane. Yeah, I think that's a fair. I I'm think to skip it, but yeah. <laughs> but yes, airplane is fair. Airplane's fair. I'm not going to disagree with the airplane. Because I like, like I said, it's not a good movie. Um, <laughs> but there is like, there are, in my opinion, I was laughing and, and Dan was laughing too at certain parts. And like, yeah. it's like a fluffy enough plot that if you put this on, like, flying overseas or you know i don't know going south when we're allowed to travel again like you could just like bop in it's not complicated you're good to enjoy will ferrell and john c Riley, and you would never like you wouldn't be wasting time at home right you're always trying to waste time on an airplane well with this yes. like you're wasting time anyway so you might as well watch a stupid yeah. stupid yeah. comedy yeah even though i'm giving it a skip it i would i would click this on an airplane yeah I agree. Um, okay, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about the the Kane mutiny, and then we'll just not compare them because there's not there's really nothing. There is one. There is one <laughs> well, common thread. Well, 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 what's the common thread? Betrayal. Okay. Yeah. Betrayal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I thought that was kind of obvious. Yeah, I'm just okay. Yes, I guess betrayal. But to me, that's the same way as like it's also leading like two leading men. Like betrayal happens in a lot of movies. Like that's hey hey, know. there were no rules for making connections. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you're right. No, I'm sorry. You're right. I shouldn't. I shouldn't shoot it down. You're absolutely. Did right. we have There's people no write rules. in to connect them? Only only one. Okay. <laughs> and I'll give I'll give you one guess who it is. Tyler. Tyler Vance. Even not even Lily gave it a. Gave not it even a try. Lily gave it a she try. Didn't give it a Lily. Snap. Lily looked at our lineup this week and was like, no, thank you. Garbage. <laughs> not not into this. I am out. <laughs> um, but yes, okay. Yes, betrayal. Betrayal's in there. Um, I think that, boats? that that is definitely a thing. Okay, boats, yes. Not every movie they're has bo- a boat, Mike. They're both period pieces, technically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The world World War II is a period. Um, the male you know, ego. The male ego, yeah. So see lots, lots of connections. Okay, lots of connections. Fine, fine, fine. You're right. <laughs> lots of connections. You can connect everything. Um, but let's talk about, let's, let's just quickly talk about the, the Kane movie. Yeah. So I am very interested to see your thoughts on this movie and, and what you thought about it. Well, as listeners, um, or longtime listeners of the show probably know, I'm not a huge fan of World War II movies and no. specifically like American World War II movies. So already I, um, I would say I'm a little bit biased going into this movie. I think it was fine 
Like, I think it's, like, a very um, solid movie from the 1950s. And obviously, like, who am I to say it's not good? Because it literally was nominated for Oscars at the time. Um, but, like, it's just, like, you know, like, I, I uh, it just, like, is very 50s. Like. Yeah. And this is kind of, I thought, see, I thought you would you would relatively like the movie because even though it was very war driven, it is very fifth fifties and it has like a lot of like classic film things in it, but it was also like the relationships yeah. of the crew. It was so focused on like, you know, you've, you've got, you've got the commander DeVries and then you've got Tom and you've got um, sort of our commander who we're following and Lieutenant Greenwood. And we're kind of learning about them and it's their relationships that the movie I thought focused on a little bit more. So I, I thought you might be. I did like that. I like that aspect. I really liked like that the, yeah. the, the writer. So like, like I liked the, I should, I was saying, Oh, it was so fifties. That wasn't necessarily a bad, that's not a critique. Um, mm. Just like, it just has like very like um, classic tropes, you know, like even though it was a drama, you have the one, like sarcastic character who like breaks <laughs> yeah. the tension that's the writer right like yeah. the character yes. who yeah. is the writer um i guess like the young uh ensign keith or whatever his name is the willie yeah. willie um oh like Willy, yeah. his so like that was my biggest problem was that like classic 1950s like bad acting yeah that's the thing is like th- this movie had everything when it comes to acting like i it, it had it had every range from bad acting to really good acting like it had a, it had such a range in it and like his acting like to me was like it like made sense in it in the like in the context of the 1950s but like all the other cast was like really good <laughs> so yeah i don't know like he, it almost felt like he was like um he was like lifted out of like a 1950s um like beach party movie which was like a genre yeah. so like these like b movies where like the actors aren't really great but they have a certain look and like you know put them on a beach and have them dance and it's fine so like yeah. it was weird that like everyone else was so good i mean you have humphrey Rogard, like one of the best <laughs> actors of he that won, he won an oscar for this role and I'm then you sure. have like he was nominated willis willie like who like is like <laughs> we're supposed to be seeing the movie from his point of view so like you think he would want to cast a really strong lead i don't know if he went on to act in anything else i'm not i don't know enough about you know i don't like even though i like old movies i don't necessarily know a lot about like old movie actors so i don't know if he went on to be in anything but i would be surprised he, had four, he only has four movie credits okay there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so so there you go yeah yeah so um i would say it was kind of slow in some places um you know i didn't i didn't really care about like the the you know the boat scenes right <laughs> like, right but i could see like someone who like my dad for instance is interested in naval history um i could see and really appreciates boats and like what goes into mm. you know ships i could see him really enjoying this movie and getting a lot out of it um i don't know i just like it just wasn't necessarily for me i'll put sure. it that way i don't yeah. think it was a bad movie um Definitely, like, treatment of, like, mental health, like, very much, like, again, like, 1950s, like, 
Oh, armchair, this is very dated. Like, yeah. Armchair psychology, which is like, yeah. you know, psychology is becoming popular at this time in the American mainstream, but it's definitely like pop psychology. Like, think like Dr. Yeah. Phil. And like, that's what they're doing in this movie with yeah, the yeah, with Bogart's characters. Like they're like armchair diagnoses. They're, they're like superior or whatever. Um, yeah. So like overall, I would say it was like, it's a fine movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I'll wait to hear obviously your review, but probably how you felt about that Tom Hanks submarine movie you watched recently. Yeah. I think yeah. it was a submarine movie, but it um, was the sub. Yeah, the the Greyhound. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I honestly like that. I feel I feel kind of similar to you. I liked it a little bit more. Like I thought, um, I thought it it did remind me a lot of of the the Tom Hanks movie because uh you know you get a lot of shots of the integral workings of like the boat and what's going on and you kind of get the little things. It did move slowly at times. Like I I, I felt the same thing. And like it's moving a little slow. Can you believe this? <laughs> The director wanted it to be three and a half to four hours long, but the studio insisted it to be two hours. Well, this is one of the times I'll agree with the studio. That was a good call. The director <laughs> said it would have been a better movie if he would have been allowed to make it as long as he wanted. Uh, no, I mean, every a lot of the things in the movie, I, I understood why they were in there. It's just it did move slowly. Like I, that was probably my biggest complaint is that it moved slowly. And, and I know there were a lot of movies from that era that are like that. They lots of very slow movement kind of get, get the setting, but for, for every, for all that aside, I enjoyed the camaraderie between the crew. I enjoyed the kind of getting to know these people and seeing, because you know, there's going to be a mutiny seeing it. It's right in the title. (laughs) It's right in the title. So I actually kind of, I felt like, okay, well, I'm just going to be waiting for that to happen. I actually wasn't. I was kind of like seeing, seeing it slowly build and unfold was kind of interesting to me. Um, But yeah, I would say it's very similar to, to Greyhound. I just thought when watching it, okay, I know knowing you don't like this type of movie and this kind of like centered around, a, a, you know, war and American sort of side of war movies. This movie I thought was a little different because it really just focused so tightly on this yeah, one like ship and this crew. Study. Yeah, character study. Yeah, which is kind of what I liked about it. That was kind of the parts of it that I liked. And I would say that's what I liked most about the movie as well. Definitely those yeah. sort of... Um, you know, kind of the the struggle and you see it from both sides, like, you know, and I think the movie makes a good case about how, like, they were in a tough spot, right? Like, Humphrey Bogart's character, you know, was in the wrong, but, like, he also was a man struggling, given, like, the context of war. So I think all of that, like, very human, um, like, all of that humanness, stuff was really good and well done especially given the time period kind of that look at like um like war fatigue like the fact that like now we would say that Humphrey Bogart had PTSD right but um so I thought that was good I hated how it still fell on the side of the navy you know like at the end of the movie they're like they never should there never should have been a mutiny they should have supported him and it's like (laughs) Okay. I think like, so like, I think the issue is more nuanced, but again, that's like the, um, that's a product of the era, right. Of like not critiquing the armed forces, not, you know, you know, 
kind of making do the best you can they you know supporting men in authority whatever right so i think that it's a product of its time um dated movie yeah but um yeah i don't know like it it was again it was fine i i didn't yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i think i think we feel more or less the same i liked it a little bit more like i wasn't super fussy over the movie but i i did enjoy watching it like i'm giving it a stream it um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't quite give it a see it cause I think it, it could have moved a little bit better. I think there are things in it that, that could have been done even at that time to, to make it a little more watchable, but still I enjoyed the character study. I enjoyed getting to know the characters. I really liked the isolating feeling of like, it's the one boat. These are the trials and tribulations of being in the Navy as well as in the middle of a war. Yeah. Um, and I thought they did that very well. So to me, it's a stream. It. It's a stream it for me as well. I was thinking like, Oh, would you know, the movie came out in like 1954. So like, how would you even consider this to see it? But I was thinking, you know, the screening room does um, movie series where they air classic cinema. So I'm thinking, okay, mm-hmm. if this was, if this was shown at the screening room, would I tell people to run out and see it? Probably not. You know, yeah. like there's probably even better war movies you could watch if that was your thing. Um, so it's a stream it for me. One fun tidbit, tidbit Michael Caine, the actor... Um, mm. his, he's not Michael Caine in real life. That's a, uh, his show name. He wanted to go by Michael Scott, but his agent called him up and said, you, there's already an actor named Michael Scott. You need to pick a new last name to use. So <laughs> Michael Caine was in a phone booth and he happened to look over and a movie theater was re re airing, uh, the Kane mutiny. And he went, Oh, well, I really like Humphrey, Humphrey Bogart. So I'll go by Kane. So that's why that, Michael Kane. That's how he got his name. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. If that for that reason alone, maybe go see the Kane Mutiny. And I should mention I rented it on YouTube. So another one easy to access um, if you want to watch it. So it is available. That's I I did. That's really interesting. I had no idea. That's hilarious. Well, there you go. That's how Michael Kane got his name he um, has a really weird like, i should say weird his first name i think in real life is like maurice oh really yeah oh. like no no offense to maurice's but like no wonder why he picked yeah he decided i'll go with michael yeah <laughs> um okay so let's uh you know let's hear from tyler let's see if he makes any connections uh in this um dear taylor and mark i guess i'm mark now oh um, hi mark we 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 record all these star trek stuff yet he thinks my name is mark i don't know um (laughs) i'm just gonna make fun of him because you know i'm reading this off the cusp and i know i'm gonna screw up um so dear taylor and mark uh as much as i love the show i couldn't bring myself to watch holmes and watson (laughs) oh here we go i loaded it up on netflix hovered over the play button for a solid 20 seconds and then watched another episode of wandavision on disney plus instead just for fun Let's see if I can guess the general plot of this Will Ferrell venture based off his past work. Okay, so this is interesting that Tyler didn't watch it. Um, and he's got he's got a little plot synopsis. So let's see if he's right. Uh, Will Ferrell will likely play a person who is stupid, <laughs> inconsiderate, and or bad at everything except for one thing that he is incredibly really good at, like detecting in the case. Uh, he will be mean to John C. Riley at one point, leading to a third act uh, make makeup between the two characters that will sub in for character growth, at least 
Farrell, or perhaps both, will meet women that inexplicably fall in love with them at the end. How did I do? Pretty good. Pretty good. What would you What would you give him as a rating on that? Uh, uh, what would you give him out of 10? Yeah, I can't lie. It was 10 out of 10. I mean, like... <laughs> That's more or less the plot. You know the what movie. you're getting into. Just like you know what you're getting into with an Adam Sandler movie. And I understand that's why people don't necessarily like those types of comedies. Because they're very formulaic, right? But why we, why we gravitate to formula is because it's comforting. Yeah, what do you got to say about that, Tyler? <laughs> Just like, should I call you? I know <laughs> donuts aren't good for me, but I feel comforted when I eat a yeah, donut. <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. Um, so he continues to say, without seeing Holmes and Watson, it is impossible for me to compare it to the Kane Mutiny. I can imagine that both films feature men with titles that you may expect them to be competent, say captain for one and detective for another, and yet they are rather not competent most of the time. Huh. I can expect that that's a good one. Yeah, I didn't that like that's good. I didn't even think of that. So Tyler, without even seeing it, you nailed one that I did not expect that one. Um I can expect that both probably share the blindside twist near the end where a character that seemed trustworthy ends up not being so. Um, and I can sum, I can surmise that both probably uh, overutilize certain actors, be it Robert Francis R.I.P. as Willie Keaton or Farrell, and underutilize others, be it E.G. Marshall as the JAG prosecutor, so good in 12 Angry Men, or Rebecca Hall, who is always great and never given her due. Um, Rebecca Hall played uh, the, um, the, the doctor um in Holmes and Watson what was I didn't really uh, Grace Hart I didn't really recognize her yeah Rebecca Hall has been in a ton of things um and she's very good in 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 everything she's been in um I can't name any of them off the top of my head of course not um but I I I recognized her Murphy's Law right yeah I I recognized her for sure um uh, let me let me pull up and see if I can name a couple movies like I know I, I she was in okay she was in The Town The Prestige the Awakening. So I've seen The Town any, and I've seen Prestige. I don't know she who just, she was in The is Town. Is she just like Claire. one of those actors though that likes in a lot but like never a major part and yeah, kind of non-descript yeah, she, looking. So Yeah, she's been in a lot of things. She was in the movie that was about the person who wrote, uh, who came up with the idea of Wonder Woman. She was in that with um, oh, that, one of the Evans. That <laughs> Based on true life the fact they're like in a polyamorous relationship you think yeah, you're like, oh yeah. it's gonna be a i didn't see the movie but i remember reading the synopsis being like oh this is just gonna be like a movie like a history movie oh by the way in real life yeah. they were polyamorous yeah. yeah so taylor you're describing my history with that movie you went uh, in thinking, I, oh, cool. Yeah, it's going to be 100%. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, this person wrote Wonder Woman? Like, I'm going to find out about this. And then it's like the entire movie is about this relationship between the three of them. So there's the two girls and the guy, and they're all like married. And they have a kid? To, like, the three of them, like, they have, raise they have a several kid. children, several children. They each woman has like two children or something from, from him. Hey. And, I- and, but it's all about submission. Like, his, his whole theory is about like you have to like submit to your partners like the entire movie like the emotional crux at the end is him going on two knees and like basically bowing to one of the two women i'll just you know we take all kinds on this show like no judgment (laughs) like whatever you want cool 
But that polyamorous stuff. Oh, it was something. Yeah. <laughs> that movie that's was hard, something. That's hard um, for me to wrap my head around. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, Tyler ends by saying, sincerely, Tyler, my first time three Bogart performance Vance. P.S. Has Mike been watching WandaVision? Of all the MCU properties, I think Taylor may be able to get on board with this one. Uh, yes, Tyler, I've been watching WandaVision every single week. I love it. I don't. 100% agree that Taylor would be into it, though. Um, Taylor, I don't know. I don't know if you would be on She's board for this She's the Scarlet Witch? She is, but it's it's this kind of... She gets trapped in the TV? Basically, but... but <laughs> and, and each week is a different decade of a sitcom. Yeah, I know, yeah. Um, but it gets more complex than that. Um, I don't know, because... And she has see, a robot me, husband? Yes, but there's a lot of history with that. But but you, to me, the perfect MCU movie for you is Doctor Strange. Mad Mickelson is in it. It's very fantasy-based. It's got a lot of different magic qualities to it. It's not just a superhero yeah, but movie, but you won't watch it. Benedict Cumberbun. Batch? Benedict Yeah, Cumberbun? I know. I just did that on purpose. Cumberbun? Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you thought that was his name. Because everyone gets his name wrong all the time. Yeah. There's just something about him that annoys me. Not a fan. I don't. No. I don't know. Like, I don't like the way he. I was gonna say I don't like the way he looks, but that not. It's not like a looks thing. Like you know, like you just see someone and you're like, mm. Mm. yeah. That, I, I you know I can see what you're saying. But maybe yeah. I'll give it a try. But uh oh, you know what? I might give a try. Give give it a try, even though you've like pretty much like have dragged them through the mud. Matt Mickelson is replacing, uh, who's he replacing? He's going to become the, the evil wizard in. Oh, he's replacing Johnny Depp in yeah. the next Fantastic Beast movie. Yeah. So that will be interesting. That oh, would, I think I he's going to improve I it. would give that yeah. a try. Oh, I'm going to see the next Fantastic Beast movies because of this. 100%. I think I'll watch the first one because it has, um, Ezra Miller and, yep. um, What's his the name? first one? Yeah, I think, I think the first I like one's the first a pretty one, good movie. Skip the second one and then watch the third yeah. one. Uh, you got to see the second one though. It introduces Matt Matt Mickelson character in a bigger way. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you got to see both. All right. Sorry, um, but yes, thank you, Tyler, for that. And yeah, WandaVision's amazing. I love it. Uh, we'll we'll discuss WandaVision more in the future. Um, let's let's get into this update. So this is this is my time to cue whatever thing I came up with to introduce our next segment. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. It's now time for Screaming Kingston's latest segment, Is Army Hammer, In Fact, a Cannibal? Hey, hold it right there. I've known this man for 25 years, and I vouch for I don't care what you vouch for. Eat me. Because we're gentlemen of Harvard. And now for the latest on Army Hammer, here's Taylor. Okay, so the headline, um, this headline came out, I think, like, literally, like, an hour after we had stopped recording last week. Oh, oh really? But, okay. um, <laughs> police confirm Army Hammer is not a suspect in a death investigation following online rumors claiming he worked at a construction site near where human remains were found. So that's a lot. That's a lot of information. But that's a lot of info. Essentially, <laughs> as we as we may recall from last week, there 
Army Hammer was dropped by his publicist and his um his agent, and there were rumors that there was gonna be like a big announcement, like something's gonna come forward, right? Like something's gotta give, there's gonna be a big story. Well, then there was these rumors. Um, well, it's not a it's not a rumor, bodies were found at a construction site in California. Um, and Army Hammer like went on a news show. I don't know when, but essentially saying like he was bored during the p- pandemic. So he did some construction work. And I think that's like true. I think that part of the story is true. So um, internet sleuths put it together that, you know, Army Hammer was doing construction. Um, and isn't it so strange that bodies of a dead woman, uh, I think it was a dead woman, was found very close to his alleged construction site. So rumors started swirling. Oh my gosh, obviously Army Hammer's a murderer. And so this was all unfolding like last Monday, um, probably like as we were recording. And so um, people were like, so sure, like Army Hammer must be the number one suspect. Well, the police had to come forward saying like Army Hammer is not, not, he is not a suspect. He was never a suspect and we do not intend on investigating him. So, okay, so the police want you to know he's not a suspect in this. Okay. He may he may very well still be a cannibal man, but he oh, is yeah, not. the cannibalism <laughs> thing is separate. This he is, is just Army yeah. Hammer update. Army Hammer <laughs> update. In this specific instance, Army Hammer is not a murderer. But yeah, we still don't know like what's gonna happen. There's still rumors that a big expose is coming out. Um the today headlines are saying uh, Army Hammer walking around without a care in the world. World, so he's still very much, you know, doing the Army Hammer thing. Um, but we don't know what this big story is, and the big story is rumors, right? So we actually don't know if there ever is going to be um, big news, but there must be, right, Mike? There's going to be agree? something. Oh, something. we're going to find out something. He, we're going to find out something. Now, again, it might not be murder yeah it might not be like that far but i think we're gonna find out something there's just been too much said this is i mean i i'm glad hey i'm uh, he's not a suspect so we won't treat him like a suspect in that one thing there's still the cannibal question it's out there is he just sympathetic towards the cannibals does he does he want to eat human flesh we don't know big question we got to figure that out that's that's the question and that's what we're here to do we're going to keep our eye on army hand <laughs> just in case um but thank you thank you taylor for that update i yes. look forward to hearing more it's going to be very I, good. yeah i'm um, enthused yeah that brings us to the end of this week's episode we've got some great guests coming on next week so as i said we won't draw from the hat this week but uh, we'll pick back to that soon feel free to submit any movies you'd like over the coming weeks just go to our website screeningincasa.com send us a quick email um, and we'll add it to the hat go stream some movies Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.